Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Monty Alden. My guest today is Leonardo Bellaccini, who is the estate manager for the San Felice Group of Wineries in Tuscany. Leonardo, welcome. Thank you. Let's just start with oh, San Felice. What is San Felice first? Well, San Felice is uh, a, an old estate uh, located in Chianti, in the southern part of Chianti Classico, very close to Siena. Which village? Which town? Castelnuovo Berardenga. As uh, many big estate, it was managed, it used to be managed uh, with a share crop system till uh, the late 60s. Mm-hmm. Then uh, the system collapsed because the young generation moved to the city looking for a better job, a better life. So mostly of the property at that time was sold for few dollar, few... Yeah, very cheaply. Yeah. And, uh, and now they're worth millions. That's the great thing, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. It was bought uh, in 67 by a group uh, of cosmetic products. And after 10 years, they sold to the actual owner, which is Allianz Group, an insura- insurance company. From based in Germany, yeah? Based in Munich in Germany. Uh, so when did you start working for San Felice? Many years ago, now, June 4, 84. Okay. And how old are you now? I'm 54. And which town are you from? Born and raised in Siena. So very, you are you are Chianti Classico born and bred. Almost yes. Yeah. Also, if you know, for our region, Siena is considered a city, a town. Yeah. So it's it's different to to be born and raised in in a countryside. But actually, I lived there since 1990. So I'm really really part of Chianti. Yeah, and it's got the oldest bank in the world as well, the Monte di Paschi. But we don't yeah. we don't talk about that. So, so you went to school in Siena. I went to school in Siena, and this is a funny story because um, Siena, you, you mentioned Monte di Paschi, and uh, is known around the world for banking. And uh, when I was a child, actually, mostly of the guys of my generation were looking to for a job there because it was very well paid. Uh, five o'clock in the evening, you shut the door, and you forget everything. But I didn't like the idea to work in the in an office. So I chose, and I didn't like the classic school studying Latin and Greek languages. So I, I chose agriculture. While I was there, they opened this um, section specialized in viticulture and uh, winemaking and a friend of mine signed on my side during the summer and I didn't know that they are going to open the because otherwise they don't have uh, the minimum number and they are not going to open. So, so one of your friends put your name down for the viticulture yeah. course. And when I met him uh, a few weeks later, he told me, listen, I, I, I signed for you, but don't worry, if you don't like, after the first year, you can move back in the normal agriculture school. Okay, then don't worry, I will try. Then uh, I enjoyed and I met uh, Giovanna Morganti, which was uh, the daughter of the general manager at that time. I started to work uh, during the summer to have some extra money in San Felice working in the vineyards. So at the end of the study, naturally the father asked to Giovanna if they are looking for a winemaker, a young winemaker, but she answered that uh, she don't want to work with her father and they called me and was uh, end of May 84 and uh, because the 1st of June uh, was Friday he told me it's not a good luck uh, start on Friday so come on Monday and he's from uh, June 4 84 and work uh, for San Felice. I started in, in the lab making chemical check and then uh, I became the 
the winemaker in 89. And because I, I speak a little of English and some French, from the very beginning I found some room also in Pierre and also in the commercials. So I started to travel in some market where the wine was already sold, trying to make a sort of what we call the brand manager managing today. Uh, and I have fun, actually, because uh, this part of my job, which is not the most important in terms of responsibility, but uh, is very important, giving me the opportunity to see the eyes, the face of the people that are drinking the wine I made. Because sometimes, you know, when you are very focused in vineyard, cellar, naturally you, you see the whole process from uh, the bad breaking, the fermentation, the aging, the bottling. And naturally, you are convinced that is the best wine of the world but then you have to taste and talk with some other and uh, discuss it re the real quality so you see the whole production but you see production from pruning to, to well, yes that glass Na now yes since uh, 1999 I'm the estate manager so I have the opportunity to replant all the vineyards in Chianti because naturally the vineyards planted in the 60s were planted with a more quantity philosophy than quality. So we decided in uh, 1995 to start to replant. And uh, yes, so I, naturally we are a little team. I have two ladies, one in charge of the agronomic side, one in charge of the cellar in San Felice. Then I have Lorenzo and other guys in, um, in Campo Giovanni, our estate in Montalcino. So, so how, big is, how big is the San Felice estate in Chianti Classico? We have 150 hectares of vineyards. That is not the biggest Chianti no. Classico, but it's, it's still... It's pretty large, large yes. But it's in the top 5% in terms of size, I could guess. Could be, could yeah. be, yeah. So what are the challenges with climate change? Well, at this stage, I believe that, uh, especially for Chianti, Montalcino is different, but especially for Chianti at this stage, we take an advantage. Because because, uh, as you know, Chianti was known for a very high acidity wine. Often the, the tannins are, were, I should say, a little green. And that's because the ripeness of the grapes often wasn't enough. Today, we have uh, much more good vintage in 10 years than uh, 20 years ago. I remember my first vintage, 84, mostly of the grape wasn't enough to be Chianti Classico, that is 11.5 in alcohol. Now... Yeah, it was a very wet vintage, wasn't it? It was a very wet year. Yes, it was very wet, but today, if you compare with the 30 years later vintage, 2014, that has been very cold and wet again, and big yield, we can add several problems, but not the alcohol problem. So, few days of sun are enough to make the grapes achieve 20% sugar. So, what about Campo Giovanni in Montalcino? Because already you're in the southern half, which generally... Well, that is different. There is, is really tough because it is an area where we have the Umbrone and Orcha River southern and uh, the Orcha southern east, the Umbrone southern west. So, sometimes during the summer we see the storm going along the valley and we see the rain very close by but no drop in our vineyards is uh, is really challenging because the soil is very clay and uh, sometimes uh, the ripeness is is really too much what can you try and do in the vineyard though to in terms of pruning and leaves 
leaving leaves to try and mitigate some of that heat? It's, it's, uh, it's tough because uh, what we have tried to do, first of all, we start again to work the land. We come in the last 20 years we from uh, almost no tilling, no plowing. Yeah, exactly. Now we start again, just to for two reasons: to have the opportunity, if you have a little shower, able to go down in the soil, and uh, second also to give more oxygen, and also to cut some of the over roots, the lateral roots, uh, making the other roots going deeper, just to control a little bit the the dryness, the drought. But uh, we also try try to manage the leaves. Don't do the topping that make much more young leaves yeah. that are m- much more demanding in terms of water. Yes, yeah, so it's like if you just let me know, when you trim your hedge in your garden, immediately the, you top the hedge and it will get lower in height, but what the hedge will do will produce lots of leaves lower down. Yes. So what we're hearing here is the more trimming you do, actually the more leaves you get, so it's counterproductive and it wastes a lot of energy and water for the plant, doesn't it? So yes. what do you do? Are you rolling the shoot tips on, on the top supporting wire? Uh, no, actually what we are trying to do is um, to do the topping as late as we can. We, we don't have time because uh, the other characteristic of the vineyards, uh, mostly of the vineyards I planted, both Brunello and Inchiante Classico, are high density vineyards. So it takes a lot of time to manage by hand. What we do is um, to make as late as we can the topping. So usually no water in the ground and then no young leaves, no young shoot born. Yeah, that makes this sense. This year, actually, we don't, we haven't done any topping, but this year has been really out of the of the rules. Yeah, very difficult, yeah. Yeah. So you're talking about 2017, which was very dry, wasn't it? Dry and hot. Yeah. Also, if this morning I've listened to a professor of a university that said, uh, no, it's, it's not been a, a year out of the record. I I don't know which kind of records they are yeah. <laughs> looking, but uh, I know for us it's been really dramatic. Do you think fifty percent less in Montalcino, forty percent less in Chianti? Mm, that's quite a lot of. Um, that's a big hit, we say. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Chianti Classico. I spent a lot of time in Montalcino. Do you make a Gran Selezione at San Felice? Uh, we I made two. Okay, so what is a Gran Selezione? It's a it's a Chianti Classico Gran Selezione. What's the difference between a Chianti Classico and Chianti Classico Gran Selezione? Well, if I understand the question. Uh, Gran Selezione for us was a great opportunity to make the Decanti showcase around the world for with the best uh, part of the production, pinnacle of the production. Yeah, the, the best selection. Exactly. I think it has been important because this opportunity is uh, in charge the, pr- the real producer. You can make every wine from every appellation, Brunello, Barolo, Barbaresco or Chianti Classico, Young or Reserva. Also, if you buy grapes, you buy juice or wine, just blending, make your own blend. For the Grand Selezione, you have to take care of all the different stage of the production. There must be 100% estate grown. That's exactly. the key thing, isn't it, exactly Grand Selezione? Right. This is the first thing. Second thing, as you know, I think, each wine of the appellation must be tasted by a panel in a blind tasting. And the panel say just if it's okay. We, they don't give score ratings. They just say, yes, it's okay as a Chianti or no, it's an EGT. 
Exactamente. For the grand selezione, we ask to the panel to be very strict in the selection. So if they are insecure, it's better that uh, a weak grand selezione is moved to the reserva than we have uh, a weak grand selezione. Okay, okay, so basically now in Chianti there are three stars. Chianti uh, Classico, there is Chianti Classico. Anata, yes. Anata, Chianti Classico, Reserva, Reserva. and Chianti Classico, Gran Selezione. Gran so a, a Chianti Classico and a Chianti Classico Reserva could be from bought-in grapes, summer state grapes, but Gran Selezione can only be from grapes grown by the producer whose name is on the front label. Exactly right. So, and in terms of price differential, I mean, was it not a chance for people to... Some people say that Gran Selezione was a way of helping producers who had Reserva Chianti Classico to sell under like a new label for a higher price, exactly the same one. No, I don't think it's uh, tricky like that. Not necessarily. Maybe in, in uh, every opportunity there are producers that try to take advantage of a situation. But uh, I think that, uh, for instance, uh, each producer or many producers used to have uh, a single vineyard, so Reserva or not, which is the top wine of that. That is the classic wine that could be a Gran Selezione. So it's not a really a new, it's a new category, but it's not a new Chianti Classico. What about your main markets for your Chianti Classico wines from San Felice? We have two markets. One is still a domestic market with approximately 25-30% of our sales. And the second is US with approximately the same level. So US is the number one of the export. The second is Canada and then uh, Russia is the third market. You've always had a very strong market in the US. Why, why was that? Why has San Felice always had such a strong well, link Well, we have invested America? since uh, many years, especially recently in the last five years. We put two person, two guys working specifically for San Felice, developing the brands and the sales together. So, yes, we, we think that uh, is a market that has, has a great potential. Is uh, If I, I, I understand it from your accent, you are from UK. Uh, if you make a com- comparison with UK market, which is an important market to us, but the uh, US market is much less uh, price, price sensitive. So there are many reasons, the dimension of the market. Uh, there are many reasons that uh, force us to invest in that market. Actually, now we are quite happy. We want to still grow, but we are quite in a good balance also because our production is, we are big, but at the end of the production is limited, so we are trying to be stable in the different market. Naturally, we are looking for the new side of the world, the Far East. We are doing very well in uh, South Korea, and uh, we have an historical market in Japan, which is in Japan, which is uh, small but uh, consistent, and uh, China, which is floating up and down <laughs> on the stream. Sometimes they ask. A lot of wine, then you don't hear for uh, several months. So it's, it's a market which is different to forecast for the next year, but is uh, is becoming very important too. Do you make a Vincenzo San Felice? Sure. Well, you know, San Felice is very related to the old tradition. We have uh, a long uh, relationship with the university, looking indigenous varieties. We are very focused on Sangiovese. And naturally, yes, I made uh, is a small production. Uh, I made 
less than 1,000 cases, maybe seven, 700 cases of Vinsanto. Actually, and then I made also a little reserve, or I should say a grand selezione Vinsanto. Really? <laughs> uh, very high, uh, yeah, so 3,000 half bottles. So Were you looking for more concentration in that one? Or? Yes, without to be overloaded. Not to be too pesante, yeah, too, too heavy. Too sweet, too jammy. But naturally, is a wine where the I let the, the grape raise till February instead of now, mid-December, so two months more. And the aging is nine years instead of four or five. Nine years in Caratelli and smaller yes. barrels. Yes, actually some are 50 liters Caratelli, some is uh, barrique, both, but uh, yes, it depends. So what's the Vincento called? Vincento... Well, we have uh, a name of the vine- of a vineyards, of an area of vineyards called Belcaro, and then uh, for the high-end Vincento is uh, an old name of the San Felice area, which is Impinches, because the saint, San Felice, was um, martyrized in Il Pincio in Rome, so he keep he kept they kept the name. These two are the name of Vincenzo. Okay, what, what is a good dish for Vincenzo? If you're having a glass of Vincenzo, what do you personally eat with that? Well, especially the regular Vincenzo, which is the more classic for Chianti area. Uh, I would say is a glass of wine that uh, used to be used for the welcome of a guest arriving in the country house when in a period when coffee or whiskey or other things weren't popular. So you can drink by itself or with, you know, the typical cookies, almond cookies, all the cakes that are not too sweet. Because naturally the Vincento has a sweetness but has high acidity in the other side. So if you put with a cream or other extra sweet flavor, it doesn't work. What is a good dish to match with a Chianti Classico or a Chianti Classico Gran Selezione? For the young Chianti Classico, uh, pasta generally made with uh, ragu or uh, uh, meat, sauce. meat sauce or vegetable sauce. It, it can work. Uh, if you go in a reserva or Gran Selezione, you need savory dish and more rich. Any meat we use in our region, from pork to beef, can match very well. Naturally, the, the stracotto. One uh, particular dish that I have experienced in our restaurant, which is really delicious, is the chick of veal made in a stracotto way, so very long cooking. Stewing. Stewing. It become really tender, tender soft. and soft and uh, tasty, and uh, the wine really make uh, one taste all together. It worked very well. Okay, thanks very much, uh, Leonardo Beracini. Um, his food and wine show is appearing on Italian national television every Thursday night during the summer months. Subject. <laughs> I was listening. No, but English, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just want to say thanks to Leonardo Beracini from the San Felice estate in Canti Classico for coming in today and talking to us about uh, San Felice and Campo Giovanni in Montalcino. Wish you all the best with climate change and your future projects. Can I say one more thing? You can. Or maybe even two, but very briefly. Two, two euros a minute. Yeah, okay. I forgot to spend a few words about uh, Super Tuscan. Okay. As I, you probably understood, we are very appellation driven. Uh, exactly. But uh, uh, I shouldn't forgot to say that uh, Vigorello in 1968 has been the first Super Tuscan and is still. Uh, one of the 
top wine produced in San Felice. So what was it made from in 1968, Vigorello? It was made 100% Sangiovese when the rules of the appellation doesn't allow. So they decide, I say they because I wasn't there, but uh, we decide to go out of the appellation to show the real quality potential of the Sangiovese from Chianti when Chianti was known around the world as a ordinary wine in the fiasco. That is the things that go back in the history, 1968. The new things is uh, that San Felice both a small property out of the classic appellation. So we are very focused on Sangiovese. We said, wait a moment, maybe we should have another opportunity to play with. So we bought a, a small property in Bulgaria and uh, we will release the next year the first uh, Bulgaria bottles. What's the name of the estate? The estate is called Bellaia. Bellaia. is a part of uh, another, we, we purchase a part of uh, an already established uh, winery and uh, at this stage we still ferment and bottle in the same winery because we don't have the time and the permission to to build a new winery but we are working on that so so bellaia probably comes from bellaria no aia in italian means uh, the yard of the farm of the farmhouse so where you grow chicken and rabbits that is aia okay so an area for the animals yes so you, that's in Bulgari. In Bulgari. And the main grapes, so that is it, what, Sangiovese plus Super Tuscan, or...? No, uh, that area is particularly dedicated to international varieties, Merlot, okay. Cabernet. Is that going to be a challenge, though, Merlot on the Tuscan coast? Well, yes, but uh, because the soil is uh, totally different and because you are very close to the coast and it's, it's true that we have a lot of sun there but it's also breezing a lot of wind so what i've seen in the first vintage i had much more problem of uh, burning on the skin of the grapes inland than in the coast. What's the, what's the soil type of Bellaria? Bellaria? Well, that, that, that area, not only our. It used to be an area dedicated to vegetables. So the soil is powerful and clay. deep. It's a mix of clay and sandy. So okay. the roots can go very deep. Behind Bulgari, there are the hills. So they have quite a, a lot of water deep. Maybe. So the water runs off the hills towards and, the coast, but that's where the vineyard is. Yes. And, um, and because the soil is very strong is really a totally different concept of viticulture what we are used to and uh, I, I'm very I'm amazed of the result because uh, the the leaves also in 2017 were much greener there than in uh, Montalcino so I think that uh, we can do a pretty good job over there too Okay, so you've got the full house, you've got Chianti, you've got the three sort of great Tuscan wines, haven't you? Yes. Uh, Brunello di Montalcino, Campo Giovanni, uh, San Felice in Chianti Classico, and Bellaia in Bulgari. In Bulgari, exactly. What's next? What's the next? But what are you going to buy next? Champagne house? <laughs> I don't think so, no. California no. estate? Yeah, I think we are, we are born in Tuscany and uh, we want to stay there. Okay. Uh, Leonardo Bellaccini? Thanks very much for telling us today about San Felice, the San Felice Group. Uh, very interesting to talk to you. And uh, it's great to meet someone that really does see every single stage of what the winery is doing and that has the practical knowledge on the production side and the commercial knowledge on the sales side. And you also have to have a very smart dresser. So there we go. And uh, it's nice that you're actually from Siena as well. Yes. And most you know, most people go into banks that could have had an easy life in an office going out into the Tuscan heat and growing grapes and making wine. Great to meet you. Yes. Thanks a lot. My pleasure. And come 
to visit us. If you ever have the opportunity to come to Tuscany, you will be welcome to visit in San Felicia. That's very kind. Thank you. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.